scales. Yeah, Mixolydian, Ioni, Phrygian, Dorian, Lydian dominant, Lydian augmented dominant, whole tone scale, diminished whole tone scale, diminished scale, Locrian scale. Now, if you're familiar to jazz improvisation, or at least a chorus when in jazz improvisation, you probably have heard these terms before about all these scales. And for the last several decades, uh, jazz education in schools and colleges and every uh, and in books have always preached the chord scale theory as a key to learning how to improvise and also understanding jazz harmony. Fact is, I mean, I've been through this system. I mean, I've also learned to... Uh, you know, I've learned those chord scale theories, but if they really helped to learn how to improvise, I have to say now with the many years of experience playing and teaching as well, I realize it really doesn't do that much for learning how to improvise. Now, and now, before anybody gets upset, let me just explain. The problem about this chord scale theory is it gives so much importance actually to, well, let me just put it this way. It's a, ma- it's a very mathematical uh, way of approaching jazz improvisation, as though all you need to know were the notes to play on every chord, and you should be able to improvise. Well, that makes just as much a sense as if I know the alphabet, I should be able to write a book. I should be able to write a novel. And if you're a thinking person, you know that's total nonsense. There is such things as writing styles. One to have to have a talent and a, a feeling for words, putting words to paper. Or just to say, just because I know the alphabet of a foreign language, I should be able to speak that language. It doesn't work that way. And the fact is, it doesn't work any way different with jazz improvisation either. Now, we still have all the same 12 notes and uh, chromatic notes in our Western music, but it's used in so many different forms of music, so many different styles of music. What makes jazz so special? Well, I have to say, first of all, just staying on the topic of scales, I'd like to just put out, um, I'd just like to put out um, this, this, uh, this thought. The main thing, uh, I look at jazz improvisation as as a uh, way of uh, spontaneous composition. And uh, if, I'm a, if I look at it this way, as spontaneous composition, I have to know how does a composer compose? Well, basically, he starts out with a melodic idea and he develops it and builds upon it until it becomes a full-blown composition, which means he starts out with a m- melodic idea. He doesn't start out with a scale. He doesn't start out with a whole scale with a bunch of notes in front of him. He doesn't start out with a chromatic scale and say, okay, um, just throw some notes together and let's see what happens. It doesn't work that way. They don't work that way. And the thing is, with jazz improvisation, it's the same. Is that, you know, it starts out with melodies. Manipulation of melodies. Getting a, a sense of how to create melodies. Now, scales are very helpful but they're not the alpha and omega. Scales are not, scales are in and of themselves not melodies. They help to create melodies, 
They can help you create and find more melodies, but the fact is, they're not melodies themselves, and you can't just rely on scales. And in fact, I have to say, in my years of uh, transcribing solos and looking through uh, other transcriptions, I have to say that I have been, I've, I've barely found a brand, well, a brand, <laughs> a famous jazz artist who's ever used any of these scales. In fact, I've only found like maybe once in a Sonny Rollins solo where he's playing over rhythm changes where he plays on the tenor saxophone at the beginning of a solo, just a C major scale going up and then going down. And that was the last time you ever heard about that scale in this rest of the solo. On another solo, Michael Brecker played a blues in C sharp, and he, which then he played at the beginning of his solo also, just he ran up a C-sharp mixolinian scale, just once up and one down, and then after that, again, you've never found that scale for the rest of the solo. Looking at it this way, if one were to stay only on the knowledge of these scales or just trying to improvise solely on these scales, more than half the material that any of the famous jazz artists had played, you would never get to because they've played so many other notes, you know, and nuances that are not found in these scales because they knew how to manipulate melodies. They knew how to use chromatic passing tones, enclosures, um, a, a bunch of other techniques that employ the use of tones that are not within a certain scale. And why did they do that? Because they would use it to create a more, to create a better, a better melody. And this is something to think about. So I have to say, just first on this episode, this first episode of Jazz Sax with ET, is that scales are not one and all. I say with my, with my, they're not. And if uh, they're they're helpful, like I said, they're helpful, but it's nonsense to start out with them, because just about any jazz improvisation book you buy in the market, they'll first uh, basically douse you with tons of jazz theory and scales and chord forms for like the first ten to fifteen pages, and then after that they'll put you in front of a blues form and tell you, okay, now improvise. It doesn't work like that. It hasn't worked like that for anybody. And it's amazing that the books are still being printed that way. I just recently picked up a book from a, uh, from a teacher at a famous jazz school. He put out a book on his instrument. I won't mention the instrument because it might give back to who this was. But I expected, I mean, he's a fine player, very fine player. That's why I even wanted to pick up the book because I wanted to see if he had a different approach to playing. But what, I was totally disappointed when I read the book. His book contained the same information, the same way as hundreds of other books in jazz improvisation before, talking about scales and chords, but nothing about how to create melodies. And so again, um, I like to say that this book, in that sense, failed, unfortunately. Anyway, for this first episode, I have to say that with my students, um, I never start them with scales. I start them out with just playing, recognizing chord forms 
and just we just deal with the first three notes of any chord, of any uh, of any chord, of any scale, of any chord. Just the first three notes, not the whole scale. Just the first three notes, and then we just move on to the to the, to move up to maybe the first five, at the fourth and fifth. But it is a long time. Any student who studied with me, they know it's a long time before we ever start talking about scales. Because once they know how to form melodies, then it's easier to use the scales for what you're trying to, for what you want to do. It'll give you more choices, more options. Anyway, this is Jazz Sax with ET. You can visit me on my website at eventapemusic.com, written all together. Or you can also look for my YouTube channel, Eventate Music. And I hope they'll remain a listener. Till the next time, E.T. signing out.